0: Atlanta, where we have a very loose definition of the term public safety. It's the Whole World Improv Theater podcast, brought to you by Whole World Improv Theater, Atlanta's original home of improv. Here are your hosts, artistic director Chip Powell and a man whose morning ritual is pressing the snooze button until 10 o'clock, John Mihalik.
1: Hey everybody, it's John. Thanks for tuning in this week. This episode will be the last episode of season one. One of the things I've learned about making podcasts is not everything makes it to the air. So, before we move to the new season, I thought I'd check my computer for anything cool that I haven't had a chance to use yet. That brought me back to the pilot episode. Before we began doing this weekly, we set up a test for all the equipment and software. Back in January, Chip and I asked for some volunteers to jump on a Zoom call with us, and we tried it all out. In the end, I took the interview with Manish Tiagi, and we used that as the pilot episode. Well, more accurately, the episode that got submitted to all the various podcasting platforms. They like to evaluate it, check it out, and make sure that you're not talking crazy. Or a Detroit Lions fan. Well, that is the same thing. Shit. Anyways, there were a few other cool conversations from that test session, so I thought I'd bring two of them out and we'd finish the season with it. First up is actor Sharon Powell, no relation to Chip. Sharon talks about the inspiration for some of her characters and the great public service she performed for her hometown of Atlanta.
2: At Whole World, in 26 years, we went from being professional actors, putting this theater together. We were all working in the industry. Our first goal was to get a television pilot, which we did, and we successfully ran on Turner South, Last Hour Live, which was our show. It was a very huge undertaking and it really tore actors apart. It was emotional. But the one thing that stayed consistent was the quality of the show here and the process in which we teach people. And we, about 15 years ago, woke up and we're like, wait a minute, um, we've now trained Doctors, lawyers, CEOs, business people, off the street people, and now they're in our show and part of our main cast. So we saw the climate change and we saw it change through the training process that we used to train professional actors. And obviously we had learned early on that it would help in corporate workshops because what we teach is about listening and communicating with others, which is a great thing. And so when you think about it, you get down to a housewife, someone who's worked in the industry, is now raising two kids in Midtown. Uh, Her and her husband live here in Midtown. Uh, We walked through the park yesterday, and it was nice. So uh, I want to introduce everybody to Sharon Powell.
3: Hi, everyone. Hey, Chef. Uh, Hey, John.
2: Hey, Sharon. So Sharon, here you are. You're a working mom. You're going through COVID, and you're doing this on the side, like- How do you balance all that?
3: Um, It is, it's been a challenge for sure. I would be lying if I said we haven't had some pretty low moments, but we've also had some wonderfully high moments. I've used this time, I think before the pandemic, I had, you know, two or three characters that I would use at the theater in my pocket. And I've actually been working with my kids on developing more characters. And they're always coming to me and saying, mommy try this mommy try that because now they're around me watching the process unfold I also have an extremely supportive partner and that is my husband Adrian who shuffles the kids into another room when I'm doing a live show and sometimes feeds them dinner upstairs in a bedroom so I can have the room with the best light so we you know it's a challenge city living it's tight living but I wouldn't be anywhere else
1: I, I would love to hear, what is an idea from a child for a character? Is it oh, for an adult or is it for their level?
3: It's wide ranging. My daughter actually suggested I be a living, breathing newspaper. And she wanted me to be like Nancy the newspaper. <laughs> so I would be like a walking news source. It's all over the place.
2: Is that where last year's um, Valentine's (laughs) candy box came from?
3: No, that came from my very weird brain, um, I'm proud to say. Oh,
2: you've passed it on to the kids.
3: Yes.
1: (laughs) Did you uh, know you had a weird brain before you got into improv?
3: Yes, definitely. Growing up, I was always, I'm the youngest of five. And so to get any airspace at the dinner table, you better be funny. And so I learned from a young age, doing crazy voices, just really having fun with my siblings growing up, being creative. It was just a loud, wild household. So I've known for a long time, and I grew up watching Saturday Night Live uh, with all my older siblings, so we would always watch that together.
2: Well, the one thing I do know is from watching you from the time you started to where you are now, that character from the prom show, can you tell our people at home a little bit about how wacky she is? And if you want to watch it, go to twitch.com. It's, it's there.
3: Old Diane Smith, I love Diane. She actually was born out of doing a podcast called Barely Audible Whisper, which you're both very familiar with. And the topic was Wall Street. I love really developing characters down to what kind of toothpaste they might use. And my husband is a financial advisor. So I actually sat down with him and interviewed him and just said, tell me some of the personalities you've run into. And through that conversation, I started envisioning this woman and that's truly where it stemmed from was having to think, how would Diane talk about the stock market? And that's where she started.
1: Loved
2: her. It was great.
3: (laughs) Thank you.
1: That's a great way to start up a character, though, is um, to have a concept and then find a person who actually does that. And that person was in your own house. Yes, uh, I
3: have. I have called a lot of people. I used to work in public relations and um, I have called my former boss a few times. He is a political strategist, public affairs expert and have talked to him about many topics to develop characters that way.
1: So wait, were you a political spin doctor?
3: No, my, I did more products and environmental public relations, less political.
1: That's nice. But I just want to know, what was the weirdest problem that you had to spin to the media?
3: Oh, well, this is near and dear to Atlanta's heart. I was on the team that helped get the parking facility approved at the Atlanta Botanical Garden slash Piedmont Park. The issue was the residents that lived around the park felt that Piedmont Park was their park and not the city park. And in reality, we needed to provide safe, accessible parking options for all types of people. Not everyone can park a mile away from the park and access the park. If, if you are a differently abled person you need a safe place to park and get to the park. It also just allows people that may not live down the street from the park to access the park. So it was very fascinating to interact. Also great character development, interacting with some of the very angry neighbors. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and and honestly, I can see their 100% empathize and see their point of view. And I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't. Yeah. But at the day, I, I do strongly believe that Piedmont Park is like Central Park. In addition, we do have the Atlanta Botanical Garden there. Without those parking options, people attending the Botanical Garden would be parking in the neighborhood anyway.
2: Well, my so- neighbor, she had signs in her yard opposing, uh, yes. and she was talking to us all the time about the huge yes. monstrosity that was going into the park. And, you know, people needed to park. You go into that park, I dare yeah. you find the parking deck. Exactly. It's got a green
3: roof. It's well done. It has a green roof. And with that development came a lot of improvements to the park. So I really do believe in my heart that it was the right thing and a win-win. And now that I think people see it and are living with it, they realize, yes, it was a positive improvement for our city.
1: You created parking in our city. That's God's work right there. (laughs) Isn't this now for sainthood?
3: I mean i hope i'm at least on the list of consideration
2: well thank you miss Powell, for joining us we appreciate you and uh hey keep on improvising because it makes thank
3: sense. you so much thanks for having me
0: do you live in atlanta are you visiting atlanta soon either way at night at whole world improv theater is one of the best shows in town We're open for shows on Friday and Saturday at 8pm and now there's a second show on Saturday at 10pm! That's three chances to make your week funnier and we guarantee it costs less than your therapist. It's 200 bucks a pop and the first available appointment I could get for a therapist was about two months. I don't know, it's a racket. I think we should just all watch cat videos because they help every single time. Yes, we're still totally safe and socially distant. We follow CDC guidelines, but like, what does the CDC know? They live here in Atlanta, which is allergy central, and it just gets worse and worse. What's the matter, my people? No love for the hometown? See if we offer you tissues for those watery eyes ever again. Major support for Whole World Improv Theater is provided by the Atlanta Mayor's Office of Cultural Affairs. The sweetest smelling office of cultural affairs in the world.
1: Next up is actor Connelly Crow. She talked about stepping away from the theater and coming back. Her music and her biggest musical inspiration was a surprise for both of us. We get a lot of performers that
2: come through the doors here at Full World. The main stage has been changing for over 26 years. We've had people come back. We've had alumni we will be inviting on to the show very soon. But then we find a little diamond in the rough. And you're like, well, who is this person? And they're hanging out. And then they're just getting started in a pandemic hits, And not only do we find out through the Zoom of life, and the twitch.com shows that this person is a little powerhouse. So um, let's bring on Connolly Crow.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Chip.
2: Hello, Connolly. Hi. So, you know, I want to know how somebody, you know, has to make a tough decision, like walking away from this particular thing. You know, we're going to hear a lot of those stories. A, a lot of people that have come, we had Monish, step away for a while, but you know what? We keep the doors open and that way performers know they can come back because life is, is tough. And when you're dealing with the pandemic, how does one come back all of a sudden and then start all the way in? Like there's no half in half out with Conley Crow.
3: I know that is, yeah, that's a, um, that's true. When I, find myself really excited about something, I do go completely all in. Um, Yeah, I had been at the theater for a couple of years, signed up for my first improv class. I had just moved to Atlanta, was kind of in this transition phase of my life, and um, just drove by the sign on Spring Street. It was whole world improv theater. You can't miss it. It's got a picture of Laughing Larry. Um, And I was like, shoot, I'll try that. That sounds fun. I think I was looking for a change and um, wanting to to mix it up a little bit and um, I've been involved with the theater for a couple of years and you know when the pandemic hit we changed platforms and I think we all kind of responded differently to it and it brought some hardships for all of us. I think for myself personally I um, felt like I needed to kind of dedicate some time to other things for a little while and I felt like I wasn't able to give 100% to the theater and so I took a little bit of time off but while I was gone, I was still watching, you know, the, we had these Zoom shows, we have like three a week. I was watching all the Zoom shows. I was still getting a lot of entertainment from it and um, thinking about, you know, what kind of characters could I bring working on some impersonations still working on this um, but I, it, I just found that leaving absence made the heart grow fonder a little bit and so when I came back I was excited to go guns a blazing. and it's been it's been really fun honestly this theater has kept me sane during the pandemic it's added some community and some regularity and it's been great
1: That's fantastic. And actually you are an incredible performer, but I would be remiss if I didn't bring up, you were an incredible musician. And then you have a skill that I just do not possess. You can do music and improv at the (laughs) same time. And I just want to know, is it a different skill set between just a straight scene where you're not singing or playing an instrument? And when you are specifically there to do a musical scene,
3: you know, I have been playing music for a really long time. Actually, when I was growing up, I, when I'm talking to people, just friends of mine, I'll, I'll say like, you should really do improv. It it would be so fun. You it, you should you know mix it up a little bit and, and join. They'll always say i can't do that i'm not funny and i actually grew up thinking that i was not funny i think we internalize these things about ourselves like i'm this way but i'm not this way or i'm you know maybe i'm smart but i'm not funny or i'm nice or whatever i had internalized for a while that i was not funny i grew up around i had a lot of friends who were really funny and i was like that's their thing that's not my thing music was the thing that i kind of latched on to and so i've been playing guitar for so long that the guitar part's easy and then the rhyming kind of comes naturally to me That that's actually the area where I feel most comfortable when doing improv is, is making up those songs on the spot. What I love about improv though is that you don't have to be trying to be funny to thrive in improv actually bringing yourself whether or not that's just like you're really dry or you know whatever when you bring yourself and you're not trying that's when the scenes really become something special.
1: Yeah Chip that's an amazing point. Improv is all about a moment on stage and the situation is hilarious but not necessarily what you're doing you're trying to just to have that moment
3: yeah the the genuine reactions are kind of what make the scenes funny
2: doing a musical theater when did you realize you had the amazing voice talent that you have what musical were you doing were you what part were you playing like what was the song like what made you realize it
3: I actually have a really distinct memory, and, and I had not thought about this until this very moment. I, when I was in fifth grade, I, my mom sang. We would like sing Mariah Carey in our house, but she she wasn't a performer, Um, but she and I I grew up living with her and, and music was just a big part of our relationship. And sentimentally, I just have always grown up singing, but I didn't have a lot of confidence in it. And I remember in fifth grade, there was gonna be a production of The Wizard of Oz, just at a little community theater. And I had practiced Somewhere Over the Rainbow. I was hitting the notes, but it was like, it was very weak. And I remember standing at the piano for my audition and my mom was standing In the room and i started to sing the first couple of notes you know somewhere over the rainbow and i froze just freaked out and i looked at mom and i remember i was like mom (laughs) and she looked at me and she was like it's fine and then um i finished the song and like entered into this new realm of singing i truly like i before wasn't confident and then my mom like gave me this little nod and after that, I like I surprised myself with the song. Yeah, I, I really came, felt like I kind of came into my singing chops truly just in that moment.
2: That's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you are an amazing musician Thank you. off the stage. How did you go from that to your incredible music?
2: Yeah, the uh, studio time that you've got, like, what, like talk to us a little bit about what it is that you're creating. Are you doing an album? Are you doing just songs?
3: Yeah, my goal is to do an album. I've been writing music for, you know, probably since I was in eighth grade. And I am, I think like a lot of us who create art, we are critical of it for, we're critical of, uh, critical of ourselves and, um you know, critical of it for a long time. And I've just now got this collection of songs that I'm really excited about. And you know I'm excited to make an album with. So I, I'm hoping to record 10 songs. And I, hopefully this time next year, I'll have like something that you can put into your put on your record player or download on Spotify or something like that. But a lot of the music that I've been working on, um, a lot of the songs that I'm hoping to put on this album have come out of this time in quarantine. I think it's just been fruitful time. Um, But uh, I credit improv to some of the songwriting because I, I tend my, my writing tends to be a little bit on the more, the melancholy. So a, a little more on the sad song, the sad side, but I have, incorporated a lot more humor into my writing recently and even just like when exploring the darker topics recognizing that like you can have humor in the those dark times too and I actually credit the theater and and helping me to not take things so seriously and um you know recognizing that you can have both and there, the tension between like the humor and the pain you know it, that creates something that's cool
2: you mentioned Mariah Carey do you have like who's your musical icon.
3: um I have a lot of yeah I have a lot of <laughs> People who I probably, who have inspired me over the years. Yes. A lot of female musicians. Mariah Carey is the one that's like, always be my baby. That was in our house. That song was playing all the time. Um, But, you know, a lot of like folk singer songwriters, like I listened to the Dixie Chicks a lot when I was growing up. Uh, Carol King, Paul Simon. There was this British band called The Sundays. They're not around anymore, but they were, I love them. They're my favorite band of all time. And I think like a lot of my, a lot of how I sing has been influenced by listening to them growing up. You know, Alison Krauss. There's this artist, Patty Griffin, who her songwriting just amazing. I'm, you know, you, you get it from everywhere, but yeah, yeah. But Mariah Carey is where it's at.
1: That is so surprising that Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are your social media handles where people can check out your music?
3: Yeah, it's just my name across the board, uh, Connolly Crow on Instagram. And I have a Facebook page, but really, Instagram is where I do most of my promotion right now.
1: That is the amazing Connolly Crow. Go listen to her music. Go see her on our Twitch shows and hopefully on our main stage very, very soon.
3: Thanks, y'all.
1: That's it for this season, but we'll be back with season two starting next week. We'll be talking about teaching and improv training. And we'll be starting with one of the greats. Hal Peller will be our guest. And just listening to him will raise your improv IQ by 20%. And we'll be making an announcement in the next couple of weeks that we're really excited about. So thanks for a great opening season, and we'll see you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to the Whole World Improv Theater podcast. This episode is going straight to the Library of Congress where it will probably be caught in a spam filter. The Whole World Improv podcast is a production of Whole World Improv Theater in association with Headspace Industries. The executive producer, writer, and recipient of Edicts is Chip Powell. The producer, writer, editor, and caterer is John Mihalik. He's back with all the credits. Guess who's back? John is back that's it back, back it. original music by the gentle readers and our social media maven is bethany rowe and she's pretty damn cool please help support this podcast by liking subscribing and leaving us a review you can even use comic sans because we don't judge Whole World Improv Theater is a 501c3 nonprofit theater. Please support by donating at our website, WholeWorldTheta.com. And remember, it's tax deductible. And I mean, do you really want your tax dollars going towards Biden's dogs? He can pay his own damn vet bills. We all do. When it comes to my own health care, I'm like, ah, you know, I'll rub some dirt on it. Something always happens It's weird every time I go into the hospital or a doctor. It's a little bit of a curse. Paying for um, a lot of, a lot of healthcare, additional writing and voiceover from me, Kate Arlo, and I've been slowly losing my mind for two years. And I hope you all witness my insanity, because AI is going to take over in our lifetime. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.